come on now. Would you really blame us if we never did another Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent, after the Hartley Pool game? I don't think you would. But nevertheless, here we are once again to talk about our favorite football club. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I'm already uh, under the cosh a little bit. I had my COVID booster yesterday, and I, it's, uh, I'm fine. I encourage everyone to get their boosters, obviously. It was an unpleasant uh, overnight period for me, but whatever. Uh the I've been drinking a lot of Gatorade, some vaguely neon blue shaded thing, and I was feeling maybe up to having a drink on the show, and I decided, ah, probably got a little bit of a headache and take an ibuprofen. I can wait a little bit longer. The problem is, listeners, as you might have gathered from over the years, I don't have much in my house to drink that isn't booze or coffee. So, uh, short of just drinking water, I did managed to find a uh, a little bit of tea which i think i bought at some point to make some weird uh tiki drink it's a mango black tea from harney and sons which is in uh, a new york master tea blender they call it it's quite nice it's like it's perfectly nice tea and it is not uh going to make me wish i were dead at 9 a.m tomorrow morning after resume working on stuff just the two of us this week going to be a going to be a low-key show but can it ever really be low-key when we have our new england now justin disorder justin what are you drinking hey jeff yeah i love it it's a throwback to a year ago or so when you and i ripped off about 15 straight solo pods so <laughs> i love you but let's hope we don't stick with that uh i grabbed a uh jack's abbey uh smoking dagger black lager love it one of my uh great great one beer, of my yeah. favorite drinks of theirs yeah it's just it's got this you know, it, it's fairly easy, like a lager, but it's got this, you know, the smoke is the great description. It just, it's got this little bit of a, a smoky flavor to it. it. It adds a little bit of depth to it. I, I love them. I picked up a four pack of it uh, last night, intending to drink it outside of a hockey rink in a parking lot. And for various reasons, we don't have time to get into. Instead, I uh, ended up drinking at a sushi joint, but... That's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about the Wednesday. I had to clean off like a half inch of snow off my car today. I was not happy. Oof, yeah. oof. Yeah, we haven't. We we had a smattering. It's it's coming in, but it's it's been melting. It's been coming down, flaky, and and turn into water as soon as it hits. So, all right. The agenda. We have three matches to go over and go over them. We shall, including Ugh. the aforementioned disaster against Hartlepool. We'll cover the Wednesday news. We'll preview the Crew Alexandria match. We will start. All the way back, it seems like ages ago, it was only a week and a half ago, with Wickham Wanderers, a 2-2 draw. Uh, instead of doing thumbs up, thumbs down, because there's a lot of games to get through, and there's only the two of us, uh, I was going to ask a question of Justin for each match. Please. And, and use that to frame our discussion. So, Justin, on this show uh, two weeks ago, I said that I would take a point in this game. And, and James Allen chided me for being... Not ambitious enough, even though Wickham were ahead of Wednesday on the table. So Wednesday got a point. Was it a good point? Um, yeah, you know, grand scheme of things, it is because it kept us rolling in the league. You know, when you look at the tables and you look at the form tables, there's not a lot of L's. Um, you know, when we've been losing, uh, it's been in cup competitions, which when we talk about that game, I'll express my complete and utter frustration. Um, but But for us in the league to just keep the momentum going and get some points to be honest we probably deserved more from what i saw um but 
given the you know marathon nature of this sport, uh, I will take a point against a quality team, uh, even if it was um, at home, and we'll move on. Yeah. Um, ironically, I think this was one of their better performances this year, and they certainly deserved all three points. And really, they should have scored way more than two, and the two goals they conceded were extremely... Wednesday goals to concede uh, and Wickham didn't really offer much outside of that outside of the you know the set piece and the uh, oh look good good strike for the first goal in, in fairness but still something that you know really didn't really more or less came out of nowhere but yeah I mean it sort of just keeps keeps the engine going sputtering whatever it is uh, <laughs> That's well, a little more than sputtering, you know. I mean, we're yeah. again. We, we talked about this last time I was on. We're 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 in that group right now. You're starting to see some separation, and there's a top like nine that are that are in the playoff shout. Maybe it's ten. I, I glanced earlier today, um, and and we're right there. You know, we're a few points off. We've got a couple games we've given up. Other teams have games in hand, but we're we're not that far off. We're we're where we kind of want to be. Uh, in terms of the ability to, you know, have an opportunity to turn it on and and move up in the table. So, again, given that, to just keep that rolling and keep us within reach of the playoffs, uh, considering the spate of injuries we have, this led to some comical back lines. Um, I told a bunch of friends of mine who are football fans, but not Wednesday fans, yesterday, I said, if you get bored of the Champions League – feel free to watch the Wednesday there on ESPN plus we're playing a striker at right back, a former central midfielder who's actually a fullback at center back. And then uh, our left winger is playing uh, left center back. So <laughs> considering everything that's going on um, and, you know, the weather, that was a tough game. Um, yeah. You know, the, the pitch was, was a little rugged. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take that point. Although, I'm with you. I think we deserved three. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Uh, it is, we can quibble about Wednesday still not being clinical enough in the final third and having a mistake in them in the back, but then you look at the back line, as you described it, and they're just going to have to muddle through for a bit until, you know, Iorfa and Hutchinson are healthy or they can bring in a, another center back in the window or all of the above. And they're they're doing that. It's not pretty. It's not the most enjoyable soccer i've ever watched in my life but all you can really hope for is is maybe setting the goals lower than we should is for them to sort of be in and around the playoff spot until they can make a move up the up the ladder i i will say my one other thought from the uh wickham game that i loved was Gareth Ainsworth, who's who's a blast, right? You know, the, your heavy metal. Uh, mm. I believe he actually is in a band. I believe um, that's true. Yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he's he is who he is. But him after the game, bitching about the Hillsborough pitch as if his team moves the ball along a carpet. Uh, yeah. they, that suited them so much more than us. So yeah, you know, yeah, honestly, Gareth, shut the fuck up. Also, man, it's like, like it's. I guess it was still November then, maybe. But it's like, you know, it's it's winter in, in Yorkshire. I don't know what you really expect <laughs> the, uh, the field to look like. Um, so that's the welcome game. Now, out of the pizza cup with a 3-0 loss to Hartlepool. 
So, uh, Justin, I'll tell you, I know we're not doing thumbs up, thumbs down. My thumbs up was around the 33rd minute when my wife texted me saying one of us needs to go to the grocery store. And I'm like, Bingo, it's going to be me. Somebody needs to go to the grocery store? I'm on it, honey. Uh, um, but the actual question I had for you is, how, how important is this loss in the grand scheme of things? Well, I wish... Meaning, how meaningful, I guess. Yeah, I wish James is here so he could shit on the pizza cup, but I... My whole thing has always been since the start of the year and with this and, and will continue to be like, yeah, we are above the pizza cup. Like, you know, we can get the accusations of being snooty or, you know, a club is too big for its bridges considering how shit we've been for 20 years. But that is we shouldn't be playing in, you know, the pizza cup. I'm sorry. Right. Like that's just the Doncaster and, and Rotherham and, the, and those guys can enjoy that. But we need momentum we need positivity we need motivation a day out in Wembley or getting close to it a cup run anything would have really helped I think the fan base in this team um and we had you know fairly shit lineup and even shittier effort from our team and it just you know, it, it was such a kick in the teeth where I'm, I'm looking right now. We lost on the 2nd of October to Oxford. We had that horrible performance against Plymouth in the uh, return leg of uh, the FA Cup. But aside from that, we had not lost in, you know, two months. And then we have bad tactics and a bad lineup and no effort in a game that, like, why would you not want to win that? Why would you not put some effort in? And we did jack shit against Hartlepool. Was, that was an embarrassing game. They started a fairly strong squad, in all honesty, too. This was not like they're going out there. And they have, for the most part, for these Pizza Cup games. And the thing that struck me early, I don't know. I don't know if it's... It was a weird team, though. Like, it was, so, it mean, was, it was quote, a weird quote, team, strong, yeah. but, you know, Byers was back in... Uh, Shadipo got a start. Silaso got a start. And these are guys who just, they've been on the periphery. And, right. and frankly, and none of them showed they deserve to be in there with that effort. Right. And the thing that struck me was like talking about the effort is we've seen Wednesday have issues with, with good pressing teams this year in general. But like when Hartley Pool started to press them, it was just they wanted no part of it. They're just like, oh well, if you want the ball that badly, like yeah, I, man, I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were so uh, so interested in closing me down. It's it's all yours. Come on <laughs> in. Like it just it just it was a little different. It's kind of like you know, like you're taking this very seriously for some reason. And I'm sure they were. Like they're not having a good season, but they've had some success in this tournament. And like, look, you got to look. I know it's a it's a Wednesday night and. They only open one stand, but there's people there that, you know, paid money to see Wednesday play and you got to do better than that. I'm sorry. Like there has to be some sort of accountability in the, in the squad for like, look, if, if Hartlepool outplay you and you lose, it's not a great sign, but you know, that's the thing that can happen. It is a, you know, it is a cup cup tie, a, a knockout tournament match weird stuff can happen but they just had no interest and like both the goals were just the, the back passes which you haven't even gotten to yet were just like it just no, it, was, it like, was embarrassing yeah that's just embarrassing stuff it was embarrassing and you know credit to Moore. he came out after the game and he was bullshit you know he kind of made that point he said i'm i'm embarrassed and this is you know some people are not 
you know, they're showing me where they are. So, you know, the good news is at least it's not in the league. Um, you know, I wanted the pizza cup run. I, I, I thought it would have been fun. I think it would have been important for morale in the locker room around the stadium, in the city, on the internet, all that. But, you know, realistically, it's not the end of the world, but it just was such a, and then you had to, you had to at halftime fucking bring in Windass, Bannon, and Hunt, who all could have used a break. And instead, right. they came in and they did jack shit too. So, like, it would have been better off just leaving them there. Um, you know, the other thing that was crazy is you had, uh, uh, who, who's the, uh, <laughs> my favorite part of the game was the sub of, uh, Egbontahoma, I'm totally mispronouncing that, the the young center back that they yeah. have. Um, why the fuck didn't you start him? Like, that blew me. Like, you started Callum Patterson, who, you know, whatever, was fine-ish. You know, yeah, I mean, you started, like, started Jaden Brown. At least, at like, the under-23 like, center backs have, like, played together this year. At <laughs> least they're center backs. Also that. <laughs> like, it just, you know, like, Brown was... I like Jaden Brown. It's, 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 it's not, not Jaden Brown's fault. He's being like played as a left center back. Like, no, and, and he shouldn't be expected to be good at being <laughs> no, a no. center back. Like, it's just not, that's not his fault, but God, he was fucking atrocious there. Like, I'm sure they were looking for some Marvin Johnson shit where he's been, he's turned out to be yeah. not awful at that position, but Brown was, garbage and it, it cost us that own goal was just dumb it just uh that the whole game pissed me off you know and then, like i said i'm glad more was i'm glad more was pissed off about it after because it was really it was a waste of everybody's time they did not carry it over into the pompey game the long trip down to the south coast another questionable pitch even worse weather ascending off and a nil-nil draw um, what, if anything, do we take away from this game other than, you know, a team that was a point behind them, you know, in that sort of group of nine, you outlined already a, a tough away game, a long trip. I don't really think I, but, you know, Pompey had a little bit of cutting edge here and there. They were, I think, doing some nice work getting in behind that makeshift back line here and there. But you know, obviously if we were doing thumbs up, it would just be Bailey Peacock Farrell because he made about four game saving saves. Uh, including the, the little the little curler in the bottom corner, which as I watched it develop, like, oh, that's going to get curled into the bottom corner. And then he kicked it, like, oh, that's going to get curled into the bottom corner. And then somehow he uh, managed to tip it around the post and like very, very Kieran Westwood-esque save. That was really big to see him back in that kind of form. He was, yeah. he was doing that at the beginning of the season um, and did get a little bit out of form. We were really having some questions about him, I think, but you know, that was, that was a big positive to take out of it. Um, I thought Fizz was uh, outstanding. Um, I thought he was, you know, one of those guys trying to, you know, grab the game by the scruff of the neck. He, he had that play, you know, I, I thought they took it to us for the first 15 minutes or so, and we settled nicely in. And, and I thought the rest of the game either was our advantage or pretty even. But he had that run up the middle uh, yeah. about 20 minutes in where he just took the ball ran 30 yards and almost put it in that yeah. far top corner. That would have been goal of the season right there. That was, that was outstanding. Um, 
you know, so I mean, there, there were some individual performances that were pretty good. Um, yeah, it was. It was again. It wasn't very. They didn't have the the cutting edge you would have liked to see. Obviously, Luongo was good before the the sending off. They did miss a little bit. I thought Hunt had a good game as well, but they missed like a, a Corbino type that could really unlock the defense on the wing. They didn't really have that. Uh, you know, Hunt tends to play a little bit deeper and then sort of hold back for maybe an overlapping run or an underlapping run or something like that. He's not going to be sort of more sort of like fully guns blazing attack the byline that Corbino is. But it never really it, it was always a weird game. The weather obviously is the wind even kicked up one. <laughs> that was could, crazy. Yeah. So here's my thing. Obviously, after the sending off, you're really just holding on for a draw. Fine. They had three corner kicks in the last 20 minutes with the wind, if you see it, just absolutely blowing in your face. And somehow they managed to kick it into the goalkeeper's hands twice and the side netting once. Oh, like, two how of those. How do you even do that? Yeah, well, two of them were Bannon, who mm-hmm. Baz actually started the game with a couple of free kicks in a corner yeah. that were excellent. And I was starting to think, oh, hey, you have to maybe kick it we're... straight and the wind will take it away from the keeper. Yeah. Like, how do you get it? <laughs> Uh, it was, it was, yeah, honestly, though, at that point you were kind of, you were kind of hanging on. If we, if we were a club that had had, you know, if we were Liverpool, mm-hmm. we would have just assumed we were going to nip it, you know, and fucking steal Oh yeah, I never the thought end. they were scoring. No, I no, 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 no. We were waiting for them to score. Um, frankly, they had a couple, yeah. uh, couple opportunities too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, boy, uh, you know, you made the great point that, uh, you know, Pompey's up front, they were decent. They had good movement. Uh, they were able to try to get behind us. And considering what a makeshift back line that was, I thought overall they did a good job. Thankfully, Hurst did not score because that just would have looked and felt shitty. Um, but my, my bitch with that, and you and I were talking a little bit off air, and I think I talked about it on social media, but really was the fact that, because they were pushing so far forward and because their midfield was so weak, they were so ripe for a quick counter. And the only option that we had on a quick counter was hunt up high and out wide, which was fine, but you know, we never really unlocked anything with that. I really wanted to see us put some midfielders in more like fizz who were going to take the ball and run through their midfield. Instead, every time we got a turnover, Instead of countering quickly, we slowed it now. Yeah, and that that's... happened with Luongo leading up to the red card too. Where he yeah, well, tried to do a little too much, and yeah, I I thought nobody really gave him any help. He didn't he really have. I mean, he could have gone out wide. Um, he should. I yeah, you're bit, right. But yeah, he's got to. Like, thought... He just can't keep. He just tried to dribble out of it, and he's not the kind of midfielder that can consistently do that. And then like, look, he's got a red card in him. We've seen it before. He's got a hard tackle on him. It was a dumb tackle. It was a clear red card. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'd like, I like to pretend it was just a yellow, but no, no, he, it's, yeah, it was brutal. Studs um, for the ball. It's going to get you every time. And just dumb. Just, yeah, it was dumb. just, he didn't need to dive in there. I, I also do want to mention, uh, Ronan Curtis, who, uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Yeah, no, just uh, I have to say he is the uh, clear early season uh, winner of the biggest piece of shit I've seen on another team all season. He was the most annoying and 
embarrassing display of football that I've seen out of somebody. And I was shocked when I found out he was an Irishman. Usually they've got a little more spine than that. He was flopping and crying. And well, do you not like, I mean, Christ, I think of an Irishman and I think of Roy Keane, right? Sure, they sure. don't have to all be psychos, but you know, usually well, there was, for... was it against, was it against Hunt when he was like basically draped all over his shirt and then like Hunt swung him off and he like oh, dropped to the ground and tried to get like a foul out of it and was shocked it went the other way. I think that happened a little bit before the sending off. Oh yeah, no, right on the right on the touch line. That was yeah, yeah no. He it was an embarrassing display top to bottom. Uh, even, even the play from Luongo, somebody mentioned on social media, like give him thirty seconds, he'll be fine. And after <laughs> the red card, sure enough, he was up and sprinting about, you know trying to make it happen. Now, I was a little disappointed to come out of that with a point, but if you consider that it was, like you pointed out, it's midweek, it's on the road, it's a long trip, we're down to 10 men, and, you know, they they held on, you know, much like the Wickham game. It's not a loss. It keeps us, you know, hanging around. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it's a game we can kind of, keep our heads up about, you know, nothing to get too worked up about. So now it's time to take a break. We come back, we'll cover the Wednesday news and preview the crew Alexandria game. Now it's time for some Wednesday news and we will start with the November Player of the Month, it is... I mean, of course, we didn't talk about November Player of the Month at the end of November. Because we're not that well organized. But it is Shay Dunkley. Uh, I think well-deserved. The one actual center back in the center back three <laughs> that has generally held the, uh, held the line together more or less when he's played. Yeah, and he's had a bit of an up-and-down time at this club. Um, you know, he, he, he feels a little streaky. There's times where he you know, really peels off four or five good performances in a row and then he struggles. But this month was, you know, like you just pointed out, he was the lone center back in many of these games and, and frankly protecting, you know, wingers and <laughs> strikers who were forced to play alongside him. And uh, also a goal threat at times. So, yeah, I, I thought that was well-deserved. Um, you know, Gregory... Is always up for it. Palmer's had a great season. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's tough to argue against Dunkley, uh, the month that he put together. Also in the news this week, we have a, a new signing, uh, Jaden Onan, who's been on trial with the N23. is assigned for Wednesday. Uh, he's a midfielder, attacking midfielder. And that just means he'll be playing right wing back at some point in the next uh, couple of weeks, probably third string goal. One assumes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, again, talking off air, I, I thought you made the correct point. I don't, I don't think this is a first team signing for this year. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a 20 year old, soon to be 21 year old who, you know, played his youth career at Arsenal, uh, uh, bounced around a little bit after that. Crystal Palace, Brighton, Brentford, a couple of years at Brentford. And from what I could read, it sounded like really the only reason things didn't work for him at Brentford was that they started getting in some 
you know, yeah. attacking midfield talent like Josh Da Silva, guys like that. I mean, um, Wednesday could do worse than get uh, players that Brentford were at one time interested in as a transfer policy. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, no, you I don't like actually that. have a transfer strategy. Just take the players that other smart teams have taken. Or, or right, or an academy that produces mm -hmm. um, players, though I, I hope that we're going to start to see the fruits of that. Um, but no, I, I love the I love the idea of him. He's an attacking central midfielder who can score a goal. Like, yeah. you know, if 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 we're to keep Darren Moore and he's to look at his, you know, I, I think we're three five two this season out of necessity. And you know, to be honest, trying to jam a couple mid central midfielders in that need to play but may not fit a four three three four two three one. You know. Right now, uh, if everybody's healthy, I think Windass is sort of the highest central midfielder, and he can, you know, be flexible with the other guys up front. But no, that's a role that you need to fill going forward, and and this is uh, an option. Who hopefully will will make something happen? He's going to start with the U23s. I think he may play even this weekend against Hull. I saw. Um, you know, and we'll we'll go from there. But it, it, not bad. Speaking of Darren Moore, he's been nominated for League One Manager of the Month, which I assume happens when you don't lose a game in the league over the course of a month. That's it, right? Like, I mean, we've all been bitching, but didn't lose a league game all month. Like, yeah, yeah. You know? They called, I think they called uh, the ESPN Plus commentator, called them like draw specialists like 25 times in the, uh, during the Pompey game. Yeah, no, I, I, I caught that. That was mildly annoying. But then at the same time, how are you going to complain? Because... We get a lot of draws, you know. Um, how, how many draws do we have right now? I think it's like 9 out of 20 matches or something, or 10 out of 21 now. I think it was 9 out of 21 into the... Yeah, I'm going to do some... Uh, Portsmouth game. Quick Googling here. It's just... Uh, uh, we have 10 draws. Next yeah. in the league appears to be 7 with Plymouth. So, oh, I'm sorry, Cambridge has 8. Um, as does uh, our friend the Jills. Uh, they have eight, but yeah, no, that's that's our bag. Uh, but you know, it helps. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to jinx anything. We've only lost three times all year. Really? <laughs> like that is that tied, probably makes that sense. Is, that is tied for the least in the entire division. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I think we all kind of feel a little bit bummed at this point of the season. The performances or not, like, haven't been great. Yeah, um, but... But the rest of the league isn't very good either, so... I mean, we've, seen basically, <laughs> we've seen basically every team come through at this point. But we have yet to see Crew Alexandra. That is what they call a segue yeah. in the business, Jeff. Well done. Um, yeah, so... Cruel Alexandra, and I apologize again if, if anything gets long. Uh, quick history of it there in Cheshire team, Cheshire's uh, Northwest uh, Wales, uh, Lancashire area. They're known as the Railway Men and also the Alex, which I know, I know. Um, so they're called the Railway Men because, uh, like us, they were an offshoot of a cricket club, the uh, Crew Alexandra cricket club uh which was formed in 1866 the football club was an offshoot in 1877 and much like uh you know we had a cricket club made up of workers uh in the steel industry 
they were workers in the crew locomotive works, um, which is where it came from. So the Alexandra comes from uh, Princess Alexandra, who uh, was married to Queen Victoria's uh, son. She was the princess, a Danish princess, uh, very fashionable, apparently. She was in the press a lot and uh, brought many styles that uh, the British enjoyed, which is, I assume, where her uh, reverence came from and why they were naming clubs after her. Uh, quick note, she later became the queen. Her son was George V, uh, who was king during World War I, and her nephew was uh, Wilhelm, uh, Kaiser Wilhelm of uh, Germany, which I found a note, she did not care for him. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but the club itself um, was uh, founding members of the second division in the late 1800s. Uh, and frankly, after that, they didn't do jack shit. Uh, they were a third and fourth uh, tier team for a long time. Um, they actually returned to the uh, second tier, which I love this. They made the championship in 97, 98. First time back in the second tier in 101 years, which is a long time uh, to do it. And since they dropped out of the championship, they've been third, fourth tier up and down. Um, really not a particularly interesting club. They've been in the news recently because of the Sheldon report, which, you know, was some ugly stuff. Look it up. If you're interested, obviously it's not anybody at the club now's fault, but you know, it's kind of a stain on their name. Um, I, I did enjoy that they play in a place called uh, Gresty or Geresty Road. Um, they really need James for these segments. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, they had an old park and it was ripped down for a railway station and they just put this new park up at the railway station. But I did love it's currently the morn flake stadium morn is in morning and i said to myself what the hell is a morn flake well the quote that i got i i just had to steal it directly from wikipedia because it was too good morn flake is quote a british brand of oat and oat based breakfast cereals launched in 1941 in crew cheshire so there you go it's a very fitting uh sponsor for the uh for the stadium uh current club is uh well jeff they're not good they're in 23rd out of 24 teams three mm. wins uh six draws and 12 this will not losses. be a good point they need three points i'm just gonna say that outright uh yeah so i was gonna end this segment by saying once again a shitty team that we should take three points off of um especially because we're at home they have yet to win on the road this year uh um, the wednesday magic uh, it's true. Uh, we might have. We, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like we're off that this year, but let's let's see. Uh, yeah, they got a minus seventeen goal difference. Like this is not a good team. Although they are undefeated in the Pizza Cup, they went three and zero in the group stage, and they uh, defeated Doncaster uh, in the first knockout round. Uh, Doncaster, the only team below them in the League One standings. Um, so. Uh, their current squad, uh, the easily the most interesting thing about their squad is their manager, Dave Artell. Uh, and maybe it's not that interesting, but Dave has uh, seven caps for Gibraltar as a player, which I uh, I really appreciate. Um, so his day job's not like a plumber or whatever, like they usually say about <laughs> that. Right, one of their actual professionals. Great call. Uh, 
So uh, he, like, this is the, at least the third guy we've talked about this year, maybe the fourth, who started out as an academy coach and randomly just ended up becoming their first team coach. Um, he is rather animated on the pitch. Um, <laughs> I, I did love this line. Um, he's been both fined and given uh, touchline bans by the Football Association over the last four years. And, and this quote was... <laughs> His, quote, expressive and passionate touchline behavior. So he's a bit of a hothead. Um, uh, what I do like about him from what I read is that uh, when he came up from League Two, he spent a couple of years playing, uh, you know, very pleasant possession-based 4-3-3, attacking, doing all that, um, and really was pragmatic and kind of changed it up, recognizing how he needed to play moving up a division. This year, he started. They started playing that four-three-three, and we're getting shredded at the back and switched to a three-five-two. Which, in all honesty, from everything I saw, read, and watched, plays as a five-three-two. They are very defensively based. They do like to possess the ball when they get it. Um, you know, when they get an opportunity to attack, it'll be down the left. But you know, they're they're just not a good football team. Um, hard to tell who we're going to see for them on the weekend. They rotate heavily. Um, the three players up front, um, they have Mikel Mandarin, a uh, 27-year-old Frenchman with five goals and an assist. If we happen to see a front three, he'll be the guy in the middle. Um, I really doubt, given the way they played with that 3-5-2 recently, that they will. So he may be one of the ones up front, or they may use him off the bench. And they have uh, Chris Long, uh, with four goals and an assist, or Chris Porter with three goals and three assists are usually the other forwards. Um, really is a team with a lot of heavy rotation. Um, I would expect, from what I've seen uh, and read from them, they will sit with five on the back line, you know, three in the middle, and two fairly static forwards, and they will invite us to attack them. Um and, you know, unfortunately, we're not we're not known for our ability to pick apart uh, defense. But, man, this is like you said, Jeff, this is three fucking points. And we need like the, we need these three points. Yeah, you said there haven't been a lot of uh, L's on the uh, form table, but they need some more W's on the form table. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. I don't know. I, I did. I will say this, not that it. It totally, it, there's nothing to do with this weekend, but I found it very interesting. Their main rival is Port Vale, um, which again, another tiny club up from that region. But apparently they have an absolutely fearsome rivalry who, when the two clubs have since kind of aligned again in the third and fourth divisions, have involved like pitch invasions and things being thrown on the field and fights in the stands, like really nasty stuff which i i guess i don't know i don't you don't really think of when you start getting down to these smaller third fourth division clubs but you know we'll see i mean you know it's gonna be one of those games where they you know there's i i would guess there's you know 500 fans in the upper level of uh of the they said uh, they, they away sold, stand uh, yeah i don't know how uh i thought they said they sold out their uh did they? Oh, good for them. I thought that was on the on the news page. Maybe I'm misremembering. 
how but how big of a an allotment are we giving to some of these teams? <laughs> I don't know. Probably true. Maybe I'm showing my ignorance of, of League One, but I don't know. It doesn't uh although you know they get a decent size. They the park holds ten K. Um that's, you know, not, that's a... not <laughs> compared to some we've seen. Bigger this than year. some of the uh yeah. Some of the grounds they've been to this year, certainly. Yeah, but let's uh, let's get that let's get that three points and uh, keep the positivity rolling into the holidays. Well, we will roll on out of here for episode one hundred and fifty nine of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday guys, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. This helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, uh, are you a tea drinker? I'm not. Uh, coffee all the way, although... Hmm. I like, um, if I'm a little under the weather, um, I do like a tea with some, uh, some honey, ginger, and lemon that, that works well to, you know, boost the system and maybe a splash of bourbon. <laughs> me, I was going to say, I was, I was going to say, I like a hot toddy. Which I, I do, do like too. a hot toddy. Yeah, I, I do like a hot toddy. I almost tea, went though. that way, but I didn't really have the, <laughs> the ingredient. I don't know if like mango, but I could do like a, yeah. I'm now considering, uh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. I'm now considering uh, toddy variations I could do with this mango black tea. And we'll if see you back here. If anybody can do it, Jeff, it's you. <laughs> next week. 